0: Before we start today's episode of Zillennial Canon, we just wanted to let you know that there's a link in our description to some friends of the pod, including Adam's second podcast, Aggressively Okay, that he hosts with Joe, Back to Back, Seltzer Cast, and a few others that we know you'll enjoy. Thanks for supporting us, and we hope you enjoyed this episode. Everybody, welcome back to James McAvoy as a Goat's House for some tea. This is Zelennial <laughs> Canon. I'm Kira.
1: And I'm Adam, and we are talking about a just a classic this week. There's no other way to put it really. Like Yeah, is, a
0: literal classic.
1: Like <laughs> it's timeless. It's on Disney Plus, and it was very convenient (laughs) to watch. Which and it's two and a half hours
0: long. It's so long. It's Uh,
1: an epic. (laughs) Yeah. Well, that's the thing, because like Kira told me, she was like, like when she told me this, it stuck with me. Should movies should be either ninety minutes or like three hours? They should not be in between that. Mm -hmm. And I feel like this checks that box. Like it, it exceeds like around that. Like it's not quite three hours, but it's so long that. I was okay with it by
2: the end certainly yeah. feels like it at times
3: i mean yeah. i like that this is an epic because i think it should be an epic <laughs> and i think that like books and book adaptations should be epics because there's so much that has to be discussed within this
1: (laughs) book. I like how we died.
3: (laughs) I'm like,
0: I have something to say about epics. Before we go on, we have two special guests from the Queer Quadrant (laughs) podcast. We have Jordan and Brooke. Hello guys. Thank you for joining us. (laughs) So this is, um, you guys actually brought this movie to us. So do you have any like, special memories or connection to this movie?
3: Yeah, I mean, Jordan has talked me to some unfortunate things on our podcast, so I feel like Uh this is a little bit, because I I love this movie and this series so deeply, and Jordan was like, yeah, okay, whatever, Brooke, if you want to do Chronicles of Narnia, that's fine, (laughs) Um, but this was, like, my number one book series and by extension movie series that I was interested in growing up that like my parents approved of
2: see one of four movies that you've actually watched right yeah that's correct
3: no but seriously like these i grew up like in a pretty religious family and these books were like basically the best thing for both my parents and me because we had all the religious allegories but they were also like fun adventure fantasy books like i never read lord of the rings but i read these like cover to cover all seven books like time and time again i can basically quote them um, and, There's like,
2: some religious allegories
3: in this. I know, what a fucking concept. I, if we, if we get to it, I would love to talk about, like, how deep it goes, because I feel like it's yeah. going to shock you, Jordan. Because you have not read all seven books.
2: Nor am I religious. So. Exactly.
3: Um, <laughs> but, so, yes, I remember, I, I don't know if I saw the first one, I don't know if I saw The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe in theaters, because I was seven when it came out. Um, but I definitely saw it, like, on VHS from the library many a time, and I just remember being so enthralled by the world and thinking that it was an extremely good book adaptation, and I still feel like that. It's, like, very true to the book, Um, and I think, like, it holds up really well. I love it, so I'm sure we'll talk about it plenty. That's, (laughs) those, those are my memories of
2: it. Me? um I mean I get I it's funny like I really do enjoy the movie I I think like growing up it was like one of those like films that I would watch all the time I I think I like Caspian more uh which I don't know if it's a hot wow. take or not um a, bit of
1: a hot take for a Narnia like me as a Narnia head that that is a hot take
2: yeah so I'm coming into the hot, I was like Ben Barnes you sir are great yes. um but I feel like my there's like two core memories I have of this is that one uh I was traumatized by the Ice or the White Witch and uh, Mr. Tumnus. Like they both really scared me as a, a kid when I saw this in theaters because I was like, I like fantasy things like I'm a, like Harry Potter and um, and like that was like my vibe. But I just still couldn't get behind it. And then just how mean Tilda was like from a child. Like I knew that she was scary. Um, and then also the film epic movie. Uh, really warped my perception of this movie. Do they
1: reference this movie? At uh, oh, movie? really? It's, it's
2: entirely <laughs> centered it's, around
1: Narnia. It's about Narnia. Why? Yeah, yes, exactly. It's uh, a parody of Narnia, Pirates of the Caribbean,
2: <laughs> and yep. so many other movies. Yeah, Wait, yep. that's
3: such a weird choice to center it around this movie, though. No.
2: <laughs> and so I'm, this movie has been warped and distorted yeah. um, from Epic Movie. I've never seen it. And so it's just, I it, it was so just wild going back because I enjoyed Narnia. Uh, like I loved the movie growing up, but it was just weird revisiting after like 15 or however many years it's been. Um, and having not watched Epic Movie like the year after, so (laughs) yeah,
0: that's so funny that you brought up Epic Movie because I have never seen any of those like parody movies really. And I was watching this, (laughs) I saw Vampires Suck, but um. (laughs) I was watching this with my boyfriend, and he was like, he mentioned something about epic movie. Um, And I was like, oh, like, epic? And he's like, what? He's like, yeah, like, epic movie. And I thought he was talking about the animated animated film Epic. Um, and I was like, that's supposed to be a parody of Narnia? That's so weird. Like I thought it was like a separate, like adventure family movie. And he was like, no, like epic movie. I was like,
2: what? It, you have to go back. It's like, I feel like of all those epic movies, like the pivotal, like millennial text, like mm-hmm. everyone in my, like that was like, I had kids who would say it was like their favorite movie and would like rewatch it constantly. Yeah.
3: Guess I'll have to watch it. No.
2: No,
1: that's the thing. <laughs> really? It's it's so weird. It's, like, so, the worst movie I've ever like, I Yeah, no, they're all terrible. Like, they're all, like, so irredeemable, repulsive, mm-hmm. awful films. Like, and I, that's coming kind of from someone that, like, loves the scary movie films. Oh, but, I mean, like, I mean, come on. The scary I, movie is iconic. Perfect. Perfect. But, like, these... I it's it's a weird because like what Jordan's saying it's like they're like a touchstone of like is the lineal culture but I do not want to touch them with a 10-foot pole either like (laughs) maybe one day when I have built up enough courage to actually revisit them I will but as of now I'm just terrified I don't know if I can and I don't want to put Kira through it either she would hate them you think they've aged well you think the humor is you
2: know not problematic at all like I'm sure it's a hundred percent (laughs) PC
1: yeah oh for
3: sure this is absolutely wow. crazy. Okay, I'm gonna stop reading about this because I'm like currently on the Wikipedia for epic to be. Jesus <laughs> yeah. Christ. Okay. Anyway,
0: I think it would no. break me if you put me through that, Adam. Like, I mean, literally break me.
1: I I don't intend on doing it for like another few years, so we okay, got some time. Yeah. Um, okay. I, so my memories. Um. I think me and Brooke actually have very similar stories. Like, my mom was, uh. I was, like, the kid that was very much into, like, fantasy stuff when I was younger, and my mom, she was, I mean, she's very Christian, but, like, she doesn't, like, she, it was weird. There was, like, a very weird, I don't know, because, like, I, I like Harry Potter, and she didn't mind that I liked Harry Potter, but she couldn't get into it, and it seemed like Narnia was our only real middle ground uh, in the house, Um, and, uh, so I remember when the movie was coming out, I saw the trailer in front of, I think, Batman Begins, When mm-hmm. I to see that. I, and I just remember turning to my mom like, we have to see that movie. And um, that summer, I remember, she bought me, like, the the box set of the books, and I read all of them. Um, and I loved all of them. Well, I liked all of them. Some of them were a little bit too slow for my liking at, like, seven years old, but... Um, I remember the one that I loved the most was the Witch and the Wardrobe um, and uh, yeah like Brooke said like it's a kind of a great adaptation of the the novel like I it's not beat for beat but it it's kind of exactly what I want an adaptation to be at least at the, a young age it's how I felt um, and I saw it in theaters like around Christmas time I remember and when I saw it I just remember being completely blown away by it like I, I think that was the first time I saw a true epic in theaters, where by the time I was walking out of the theater, my, like, eight-year-old self was just blown away. I was, like, I did not realize movies could be over 90 minutes. Like, I, <laughs> like, I, it was just, it blew me away in such a way. Like, it, I, to this day, I think this one had such an impact on me, and for the longest time, I told people, this is my favorite movie of all time. Um until be so like, happy. I... Yeah, like I I have so much to say, but I'll leave it there for now. I have a extensive memory and chattered with this. That
2: quick beat though where you said it was like your first like epic movie, I think that was my experience, but with like a period piece, like I think this was like my first like period drama, you know, if we're talking yeah. about like period dramas, because we're so young at this time and like seeing in at least in theaters. Like I remember walking out of this and being like, Holy shit, what year is this set?
3: Yeah, Yeah. I feel like it's very engaging to, I mean, let's be clear, I'm very biased when it comes to this movie, but I will, I'm, I'm gonna, you know, I'm just gonna tell it like I see it. Jordan is giving me judgmental looks. I feel like this is a very engaging movie for being like two and a half hours long about a bunch of talking animals. Like, they keep it moving. I think the world is lovely and extremely immersive, and it's kind of, one of those, like, types of movie worlds where I'd be happy just spending time in it, so every time they go to a new location, or, like, every time the seasons change, it's, like, you get a whole new look at the world. I like it, yeah. Jordan. You're giving Definitely. me such judgment, oh, <laughs>
0: Um, so I, it's really funny that religion is so tied into this movie, because, same, um, I remember something that I kind of, like, associate with it is, like, I did see it in theaters, um, and I loved it in theaters, and uh, I remember when I was in religion class, there was, do you guys remember the movie The Golden Compass? Yes. Okay. I was not allowed so, to watch it. Yes. Or so, <laughs> Yes. So, there was, like, a smear campaign against The Golden Compass that it was, like, mm-hmm. anti-religious, Um, and they literally sent, like, letters home from my religion class being, like, don't let your kids watch this movie. Wow. And I remember them being, like, a good alternative is Chronicles of Narnia. (laughs) But um, it's, like, they literally let us watch,
2: like, scenes from, like, Passion of the Christ.
3: Yes, literally. But
2: can I just ask, as not a religious person coming into this movie, like, I was all over the Golden Compass, all over Harry Potter, like, Like, clearly, absolutely no, like, religion input. Like, it's clear to see the religion in this, but, like, there's kind of, like, pagan energy coming from this, right?
3: Well, that's why I like, I like, I feel like these movies and these books are sort of touted as, like, good books for religious children to read, but I would say they're definitely more sort of, like, about good morals than about, like, (laughs) straight-up religion. Like, obviously aslan is a fi- a giant fucking jesus allegory like we all know this but yeah. like at the end of the day when you're watching this or reading the book it's more about like being a good person and like believing and like mm. putting good out into the world than it is about like worship Got or okay. about yeah. like, okay. heaven and hell you know yeah. yeah
0: i feel like it also more so treats the bible as like Literature than yes. it does like spirituality, so it's more so like allegories to like the literature aspect of the Bible than it is like this is God and
1: you yeah, should worship God. That's a really good way of putting it, actually. I couldn't put it to words while I was, especially when I was rewatching it this last week. Because I was, like, I really, like, it's so obvious what they're doing, but why do I still, like, still like it? Like, I was, Mm -hmm. like, this is very strange to me. And, yeah, you put it perfectly. Like, it's, uh, because that is, like, some of the appeal, like, the Bible is, like, that it's, like, there, it, like it is like the the text that's like a historical or not historical, but, like and like a true epic in its nature. Like yeah. religion aside, like it is an epic, like stories and like tales yeah. and yeah. myths. And um, this film like very, um, uniquely and so does like C.S. Lewis's novels. Like they all, every single one of them have like a very, um, interesting like undertone and subtext to them all. Um, but they never like it never lets those undertones or subtexts like override the narrative or the characters that you come to love throughout the duration of the novels. So. Yeah,
3: and sort of, I feel like, the, weirdly, the best parallel to Narnia is something like Dante's Inferno, where it's, like, it's yeah. biblical, yeah. like, it's essentially, like, biblical, like, alternate universe, biblical <laughs> fan fiction, but it's, it, it, it's, 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 I think, here, you put it really yeah. well, like, like, it treats the Bible as a book and not as, like, the end-all the all Like, it's not just, yeah. like, glorified scripture, like, it's an actual story. Now, mm. I've never, I, I actually started watching His Dark Materials on HBO, I'm still in, like, the middle of it, but, like, I never read the Golden Compass series, but ostensibly, it's about, like, the, the breakdown of, like, the religious institution Right? It's more about- I have religion.
0: no idea. I wasn't
2: allowed to know anything about um, <laughs>
3: Right, right. Oh, Jordan, you're a resident.
0: Not,
2: oh, fan. God, not resident.
3: I mean, I, it's just, I it's think more It's more it <laughs> like a
2: scientific, like, atheist look at, like, religion and, like, world building. Yeah,
3: but it's, I feel like it's, I mean, and what I've seen so far in the HBO series, it's more about, like, the institution of religion, which yeah. I think is actually, like, very cool and very searing. Like, it's not about no. spirituality, really. No. But, yeah, I think it's hilarious that those two book series were, like, pitted against each other.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so um, that's funny that uh, also, like, Harry Potter was brought up, because that's definitely something that I was super into, just, like, the whole idea of fantasy, and I think that this uses fantasy in a really really cool way because it's almost like dark like there are some like whimsical parts but a lot of it is really dark specifically like the relationship like between like Edmund and the white witch and like things like that and yeah yeah and how they use um like how they use Narnia as literal like physical like escapism from basically like the war outside and them being lonely in this house um and how they literally like never believe lucy when she's like i found a place that is happy and nice and they're like no there is no
1: such place (laughs) but yeah no yeah i was Um, was thinking back to that because i was like how much of this went over my head when i was a kid like probably like more than half of it because I, I, I genuinely forgot that this opens, like, with a war
2: sequence. Like, it, from the, the German POV. Yeah. You're not even yeah. in, like, the British POV. They're opening, and it's like, oh, it's the Germans bombing England. You're like, the fuck? Yeah. 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 Oh, my
1: God. Yeah, it, it starts off, like, very intense. And, like, I, the thing I love about the opening is, like, not only does it, like, put you right in the political climate, in the, the climate of the war and all, but, like, you... Uh, like also see the family dynamic as soon as the film starts mm-hmm. like uh like between Edmund not really like letting go of the father and like Peter's weird not weird but like uh instinct to be a father figure to his younger siblings um and Susan's like just quietly kind of the one who is headstrong and he, she's quietly the leader but she she lets Peter kind of pretend that he is and I like I just I love all the little dynamics intricacies of each character like it's yeah, I'm I'm already going off about it, but yeah. No, I
3: agree. It's very like screenwriting one on one. Like this is Marcus and McHuley wrote this. And like so it makes wow. sense that, that this is yeah, it's that it's like very much in that kind of like we're gonna set up all the dynamics and then we're gonna let them play out. But I think that it does it very well because it's not an overcomplicated story. Like it's very simple and so like you can actually see the characters like lay out these dynamics instead of, like, them getting bogged down by plot or world building or, like, what have you. Like, the first, until they get to Narnia, what is it, like, the first 20 minutes? Hour? Yeah. (laughs) You're just so rude. (laughs) Before they get to Narnia is just mostly, like, a nice little family drama about these kids that have to, you know, be sent away from their home.
2: Yeah. I agree. I know. I actually, I, I agree. I like it. I, I think the thing that bumps the most with me is just Edmund. Like, I just have such a vendetta against this boy. Like, he's just,
3: (laughs) he's misunderstood.
2: He is just the worst. If I was his brother, I would literally kick him out and be like, you want to go outside? Like, go, please (laughs) die. I don't care about you.
1: (laughs) I mean he's definitely like a he's he's an annoying ass kid for sure but yeah. um he,
2: I, like the turkish delights aren't even good like what are you doing honey you're That's selling so your family out for a bad piece of food right. like some- <laughs> Turkish I, delights are not good. I
3: love Turkish Delights.
2: That's a bad thing. But I wanted
3: I wanted <laughs> to know if like if you guys like tried Turkish delight because of this movie yes. because yes. I definitely oh, 100%. did. Yeah. I was
2: like everyone because it yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. it's um, this
3: weird like fifties can but it's good. I think it's good. I've had authentic I, Turkish delight like
2: Brooke is Run like, have you had, ha, you're like, have you had tree bark? It's really good. <laughs> it's so good. It's so good.
3: You're so I,
1: I have to say, when I was like eight or nine, when I tried it finally, I did not like it. But I would know, but then again, I was very picky when I was a child. So I would be curious to like revisit her slide now. Because I honestly don't even remember what it tasted like. It
3: really <laughs> I'm good. not saying it's sell your family to the white witch good. But... <laughs>
0: I mean all the food in this movie I would literally like I would I would betray my family (laughs) that cocoa that's the cocoa that's like made out of the snow like (laughs) the tea that would put like Mr. Tumnus at risk that looks good um like I don't know everything in this movie looks delicious to me
1: um, going off what Jordan was saying about uh, Edmund, I think um,
2: <laughs> the worst.
1: Yeah, he well, he is. Yeah, he's so so annoying. But um, I, I brought this up a few times in the pod, but I don't really go to it a lot. But um, for like the last four years, I worked with like teenagers, and um, I guess like that experience is what kind of made me, uh, especially on this rewatch, appreciate not only the performance that I can't remember the actor that plays Edmund, but um the kid that plays him and also like the writing for Edmund is so realistic because um it's also like his parallels with like Peter because there's a point in the film where Peter realizes that he has um like he's part of what uh fuels Edmund's desire to like lash out and act up is because he always, he he does like he has a part in it and like he he always acts like he's better than Edmund and he realizes that at a certain point and it's when all these characters become humble is when like they understand like they they actually feel like they grow a little bit um so yeah I think my experience with like kids and working with kids has like actually made me appreciate this movie somehow even more than I originally did because the portrayal of kids in this movie is actually genuinely really realistic and yeah. I love it for that
3: it's nice to see actual kids. I would like to give a huge fucking shout out to George uh Georgia Henley. George E. Henley, who plays Lucy. She is so good in these movies. She remains she's like,
0: good. She's like adorable too. She's like so I feel gorgeous. like <laughs> I feel like kid actors like can more often than not be like very like whiny or like one note, but she is just like so charismatic, mm-hmm. so adorable. Like gives an incredible, like, dramatic performance to, like... Oh,
2: yeah. She has the movie on her back. She...
3: Yes. (laughs) And, like, she was, like, 10 when they shot this and Mm -hmm. I feel like it's one of those, like, the importance of casting directors, how much casting, like, particularly young children can like make or break your film Like she is just she's so good um, um and yeah I think it helps that she's just when you're watching it I feel like especially as an adult you're like oh my god she's tiny when as yeah. you saw it in theaters you were like oh great that's me that's about how old <laughs> yeah. I am at this time
0: yeah. And me being like, Susan is definitely an adult, and that's exactly what I want to look like and what I want to be like when I'm an adult. And it's like, no, she's actually probably like 15. <laughs> like,
2: so that was, I I, yeah. I was the older brother, and I felt like that with Peter, because I, I really, I like my sister, I viewed her as like an Edmund DeLucey compound, like uh, together. So I was just mm-hmm. like, these kids just like, keep doing all these nonsense things. Just like, can't, <laughs> like, what is this? Like, I have to take care of all these people. They don't listen. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, um so it's funny because I was as I told you guys earlier I was recently listening to your Atomic Blonde episode and you guys talked about James McAvoy. Yeah. And I personally believe he's one of the best actors we have right now. Maybe a little bit underrated, I don't know. Yes. But I
2: agree, he rocks. We, we seeing him, love him.
0: <laughs> seeing him in this was a trip. Like, it's, like, you, like, forget, almost, like, the, like, it doesn't even look bad, but, like, you forget the degree to which he looks like. His nose. <laughs> like, the nose, like, the legs. It's really funny when it's, like, a wide shot, and you just see him, like, walking, and he's, like, running but walking at the same time. I think that that's really, really fun. Um it holds up.
3: It yeah. Holds- yeah. Up. I'm, I'm sure basically everything was practical except for, like, the CGI augmented legs, which obviously is why, like, it looks good and a little bit, like, frightening. But yeah. I think he's great in this movie.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Oh, he's so great. Like, he's so... he Because, like, Mr. Tumnus in the book is, like, this very comforting presence until he's not but like there is like such a warmth to him and james mcavoy isn't necessarily an actor in retrospect that i would have thought of to cast um but he just inhabits like the role so so perfectly like he because like that's because you genuinely like buy his friendship with lucy like their first interaction like is just so pure so cute
2: i love it so much so whole he's love. like yeah i agree he's like the because i feel like a lot of this movie hinges on like your like a lot of it is like relationship based with like the animals and like certain dynamics that they want you to like invest in and i feel like this is the one that i like only like invested in the most like the ass on thing he's like i get like why they care about him but like when Lucy and Susan are sort of sidelined to have no character development in the third act, just going to say because uh, they don't do anything—the big final fight, really. I
3: know it's annoying, but it's very much like. Well, I mean, that's why Caspian is great because they,
2: right, like, and in agencies, the books yeah. too.
3: Like Susan is like a badass archer, but right. the idea is that Lucy like never wants to fight, and right. she doesn't have to. But, but yes, like, no, it's quite annoying.
2: Yeah, but when Aslan dies, it's like they have their like emotional moment. But I feel like the dumbest thing with Lucy is really like the linchpin that like holds like your care for Narni together. Because, like, you see, like, this innocence with him and with her. And so you, once you buy into that, like, no matter what, like, you understand why they're sort of fighting for it and, like, why they want to go there.
1: Yeah. It's also even, like, with the Beavers. Like, I, like, them Love too. Love the like, Beavers.
2: They're like, so and, great. Oh my God.
1: Amazing. And, and you brought up, like, I, uh, I saw you tweet the other day, like, that uh, Aslan's CGI, like, freely holds up. But I would say, like, the Beavers, too. Like, their CGI mm-hmm. really Really well done. I mean, of course, yeah. there's some moments where you, you can tell, but like for the most part, for 2005, the CGI for the beavers, like, yeah, and they're in this movie a lot. And the first time you meet them, it's in the, like the daylight. Like, I expected it to be like in dim lighting, because you know that's kind of the CGI trick to like dim the lighting, making it in the dark so you can't see the bad CGI. But it's just blatantly like in the blisteringly white snow during the daytime, and you see the beavers and like. It looks good, like still in 2021, it looks good. It does.
3: I remember when the Nightmare that is Lion King live action came out. (sighs) People being like yo, Narnia did this shit Mm -hmm. in 2005 a million times better than it's currently being done. And I feel like this... sometimes like
2: emotional. Yeah. It's these reactions. But it's
3: such a crazy good example of like animals that are are not anthropomorphized, right? Am I using that term correctly? Like they are very much like animals that also talk, but like Yeah. Uh, it's a really good balance of like they feel extremely realistic but at the same time they have enough like humanistic emotion that you buy them as actual characters even like the fucking talking horses you know yeah. like they're just horses and they're able to like give them just a little bit of like that human type the fox that you need oh, yeah the fox too. The fox.
2: yeah do
1: you remember in the third movie when they for some reason they tried to make aslan practical for half oh my god movie? Whoa, what? <laughs> yeah, so like, yeah. that's just dangerous.
3: <laughs> the Voyage of not... the Dawn Treader is like not good. No, it's, it's, not good. it's fine. No. It's really like the tone is super different, though. They got rid of like sort of like the serious epic fantasy tone, which I feel like is what you need. And it's like yeah. weirdly,
1: I feel like starting to go into that like YA, oh, Whippy really?
3: territory. Mm.
1: It came out in 2010, which I remember was kind of the starting, like, it was post Twilight or in the middle of twilight rather uh around the time percy jackson came out i remember and uh which was also deeply formative for me that's a topic for a definitely different pod that will happen one day but (laughs) um but yeah i remember because like and also disney sold the rights to fox at the time uh for don Treader, so it was a new company um like it was just completely different vibes and I remember, like, even the visual style of the film was just completely different. You could tell it was for, like, a lesser budget, yes. and yeah, I just remember, like, the first time Aslan talked, and it was, like, practical. It it wasn't terrible, but it was just, it was very off-putting, and that's the entire thing with that movie. It's it's so different than even Prince Caspian. Like, it, it just doesn't really work as a third part of a trilogy um, for the series.
2: On that Disney-Fox note, I just have I I don't know if this is related at all, but I went to Disney the year after this movie came out and they were really mm-hmm. pushing like Narnia merch hard. And I remember like buying an, uh, an Ed, not an Edmund, a, um, oh my God. Peter? Yeah, a Peter toy and a Susan toy because Susan had like a little bow. Um, mm-hmm. Purposely didn't get Edmund. But like, I remember them <laughs> doing that. Like, I didn't know that Disney sold or like they gave the rights to like a different company because oh. I feel like they would have tried to incorporate it just feels like this property, at the time, they were could have, like, lampooned something into, like, the parks or, like, capitalized yeah. on it more. But I feel yeah. like it was well, sort of a big property that didn't go anywhere.
1: It's, um, it's a, and I definitely don't know the intricacies of it, but from my understanding, it's Walden Media that owned it um, mm. or still owns it. And they kind of um, make agreements on a per-film basis with each uh, like production company. Yeah. So um, Disney is the one that agreed to like make the huge budget for it. Actually, they were developing a 90s version of Narnia. They couldn't quite get it off the ground, so they went back to Disney in the mid-2000s after Harry Potter became the whole thing. And um, I remember also Aragon was a bit... Because like, Aragon was a production oh, at the Aragon. same time. <laughs> Awful movie. Great book. Ooh, Awful movie. Great book. Um, great book. Yeah. Yeah, um, but uh, so they weirdly enough, this movie was supposed to compete with Aragon, which in retrospect is so funny. To me. <laughs> um, um, so Walden Media, when Disney put out the big bucks, Walden Media was the the main company, and then they agreed, of course, because this movie was a huge financial success. Uh, I think seven hundred million worldwide, almost eight, um, oh, was yeah. the yeah. And then Caspian, they that was a no brainer. They greenlit that immediately. Uh, it mm-hmm. came out a year and a half later not even two years mm-hmm. like a year and a half later and that movie the big mistake with that movie was that it they released in the summer not the winter and gotcha. and it released like three weeks after uh or like two weeks after iron man a week before indiana jones <laughs> like it was just smushed in between two other blockbusters and it didn't do well so that's when uh, Disney was like, Yeah, we'll not produce a third movie. So that's Got what it. Fox was like, we will do it, but for the last money. <laughs> and uh, and that's why Don Treader is the way it is.
0: It's so sense. weird to like put it into that context, like, oh, this movie came around came out around the same time and so did this one and then this one. Mm-hmm. Cause it's like like such a weird timeline to think, like, when you saw the trailers for these movies, or when you, like, went to go see it in theaters, just, like, piecing together, like, that timeline of your life based on the media.
3: Yeah. (laughs)
0: But, yeah, like, um, about Walden Media, we've talked about like logos that are zillennial canon. I think that the Walden Media rock skipping, I think that that's the canon.
3: Yeah. Yes, I yes. mean, <laughs>
2: our, our necks are always snapped, baby. Oh
3: my god, <laughs> no, no. <laughs>
2: um
0: when we were watching this uh Sean said he was like yeah my class read Bridge to Terabithia and then we went to go see it in theaters and I was like oh that's really sad like that's a really sad field trip and he was like why is it sad I'm like do you remember he's like I don't remember anything about them I was like oh okay <laughs> I
3: feel like that yeah. movie so deeply scarred everyone I can't imagine not remembering like yeah, the scene
2: we did the it exact same so thing in my sad. school really yeah, yeah we know we like had to we i had hanging up we had i made like a bridge to terabithia like art installment that we had to do <laughs> and like we read it and then we like went and saw it it was a whole like we were very in the terabithia team i'm sure that i
3: did study literature in like elementary school but i went to like a very small catholic school and i feel like all the english that we did was like not literature based like i cannot mm-hmm. remember yeah, a single book that we studied in school until like literally high school. Like I wow. feel like I did most of mm-hmm. my reading
1: like outside of school. Oh, I mean, we certainly never went on field trips well, to the movies. The <laughs> weird thing that my school did was like they um they would never take us on a field trip to see a movie, but they would give us weirdly enough. It was so I, just in retrospect, this is so weird. They would give us extra credit if we brought in the ticket stub for a movie, a book adaptation. Mm-hmm. So like. I remember they did that for Bridge to Terabithia and they gave me extra credit when I went to go see that like, god awful movie City of Ember, if you guys remember that with oh. oh, I remember Very that. well. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um and there's like a few I think I was out of yeah, I was out of elementary by the time Percy Jackson came out. But like um yeah, just Don't so talk many books. Me about those movies. <laughs> I, I have. Knows. I Listen, I was the kid in elementary school that had a half ca- uh, camp half blood T-shirt. So I, don't <laughs> I
3: think we would have gotten along extremely <laughs> oh, yeah. well in elementary school because that was also me. I'm
2: what sure. what team were you on? Like, if you had a god,
3: what team? Or, what cabin? Well, I mean, like, I, if
2: you, if a parent was gonna be a god, who do you want? Like, well, I was I, very much a Poseidon person. Yeah. So well, well that's were. the thing,
1: because like, that's that's. Uh, uh, cause like, that's the thing that, cause that's Percy. That's his, that's his thing. So like, of course, like we, we're drawn to Poseidon. Right. And I, the thing is I'm Greek. So like my, I asked my mom, I'm like, do you know like which Greek God I'm drawn to? And she's like, she's like, she's like, you have to know, like no one cares. And I'm like, Oh, okay, cool. like I, <laughs> That's
0: like a like a spicy version of the Hogwarts houses.
1: Uh, Hogwarts house. Yes. yes. <laughs> Honestly, I don't know if this is a hot take, but Percy Jackson for me was way more formative than uh Harry Potter. I, I At agree. Least... Exactly. It's the same. Yeah. yeah. I
3: feel like it's like I felt like I was almost slightly too young for Harry Potter.
2: Mm. Like yeah, and that, maybe that's I mean the difference between me and you in age might be the, the it's thing it's like two years. Yeah.
3: yeah, which is not that much, but it is a lot when you're, it's a like lot a when you're growing up. Yeah, like I just hit Percy Jackson, like the first book came out at exactly the right time that I would like be able to start reading it and the last one came out like yeah. I was still so invested
1: in it like yeah. by the time the last
3: one came out. I
1: remember I was in fifth grade when The, the last Hiding came out. And I, uh, I I remember I was at the midnight drop at uh, at Borders, remember yeah. Borders? like oh, oh, Borders. Borders. Yeah, um, yeah, I, I read every single one from like fourth to fifth grade. And um, actually I was talking to somebody um like recently and she's still keeping up with the franchise and i was oh, like i keep up that's... with the franchise i have oh, you do one too? i'm one book behind actually i need to read the Oh, his, i want to be his drop I... from october but other than that i am fully cut out. I think you just inspired me. Like, I, between my friend that I was talking to, and, like, hearing you talk about it, like, I, I want to catch back up now, because I still love the lore, and, like, the world, and. Yeah, I'll just say, like,
3: super, super quick, Rick Riordan, Stan Corner. I also feel like it's fitting, because I'm sure we'll talk about, like, the Narnia novels at some point, of which I also know far too much about, but, like, Rick Riordan, and, like, the Percy Jackson universe, starting from, like, the first book, has seriously, like, Through his extended universe, done so much for, like, representation and young adult and middle grade literature, like, every series he just introduces these, like, incredibly progressive ideas on, like, gender and race and sexuality, like, and ties it in so nicely to these, like, mythical archetypes and is basically, like, this shit has always been around and, like, you know it's it's not something that you should think is like weird or radical or like Mm -hmm. super super progressive like it's always been there I mean Percy Jackson series literally started because like his son was having trouble in school with ADHD and dyslexia and he was like you know what these are not things to be ashamed of this is like something that you should be proud of this is something that like helps you rather than hurts you and like he's continued to do that and all his different series okay there's like so many great things, Um, and I just like, he also has this Rick Riordan Presents, basically like book label, where he like helps uplift other authors, like usually people of color that are writing about like different types of mythology, like African mythology, or like Maya and Incan, or like Native American mythology. It's really fucking cool. I just like, I think that that is what children's authors should aspire to, and um, I feel like that, is yeah. a reason why i felt
1: the need to keep up with this universe because like he's putting
3: in the work and it, no it absolutely
1: absolutely because like know. you like i said you inspired me to like actually because i read the first uh heroes of olympus book but i did it, it honestly i just it was because it came out when i was in middle school and i was right. just, like really busy with school and i just kind of fell off a little bit but I've, it's always been in the back of my head like i need to like catch back up because i love it so much and honestly like also what you're saying about like the ADHD stuff like it's like I have ADHD and like it's mm-hmm. really yep. it's hard for me in school and like I never felt honestly more represented in like literature than I did with Percy Jackson because like um, that's one thing that the movie gets right and that's uh, that's very like very few things does that, that movie get right but like it, so it, I, yeah it, it adapts that pretty well but also like Nico I, in the book like yes. I'm just trying to remember but like he's by right he's gay oh he's gay gay right so like also like yeah like you know um because like so often in school like I was uh like I was told I like quote-unquote gay things and like when Nico was like just openly gay it was just like it was nice for me to like uh because I'm bi and it's like it's just nice to like have that representation and yeah I don't know I no, it's very just, important like,
2: this is a narnia it was just
1: (laughs) totally on
2: that like percy jackson thing though it was the like i have adhd too and it was the first time i ever saw like a character with adhd which is why i'm like i mean i grew up like on the water so like obviously i was like gonna be a Poseidon diehard no matter what excluding that but like when it was like oh like percy has adhd and like has like i was like oh that's cool like i'm not alone here like that's, yeah. a, like, for a kid, like, that's huge.
3: And it's so great how they tied it, it's, like, those are your battle reflexes. Right. Like, they are literally what keep you alive. And now you oh were saying God. something about,
2: like, woke writers. Like, obviously, J.K. Rowling has done such a good job with this, right? Oh, and yeah. And it's, like, it's so <laughs> shitty to see
3: her just, like, <laughs> evolve into this kind of stuff where it's, like, you could be doing so much more but instead mm-hmm. like you're just ruining your reputation i mean luckily you don't have to worry about that with um clive staples lewis the <gasps> <Which> greatest <was? laughs> name in all of history <laughs> he died in the 60s yeah did you not know his name was clive staples lewis no. dude literally in the dawn treader <laughs> the opening line of that book i'm pretty sure is there was a boy named eustace clarence scrub and he almost deserved yes. it and it's like sir your name is Clive stade lewis i don't think you're in a position to be judging anyone <laughs> yeah.
1: i feel like isn't um something uh oh sorry i accidentally op- opened up google assistant um no i think uh with uh eustace like isn't like he i thought i read like a thing where eustace was Something from C.S. Lewis's childhood, like he projected himself into Eustace a little bit. I'm I could sure. be wrong about that. Eustace is actually but...
3: fucking cool. Like he's obviously, oh, yeah. like, he basically replaces the annoying Edmund role in *Voyage of the Dawn Treader*. <laughs> but like, if you get into book lore, he becomes really
1: cool. Well, yeah, and that's what I was gonna say. Cause like, I think um, in the books at least, the movie. I that's one thing I like about the movie that uh what's his name? Uh, I forgot the actor's name. He's actually really popular. Now. It's Will Poulter. Will Poulter. Eyebrow man. Um, yeah, love that guy. How do I know that um, I haven't seen it? That's <laughs> what <I'm talking> <laughs> But in the books, like he has, I would say, the best character development in all the series, like from any yeah. of the characters. Like the way that you hate him when you meet him, and the way you love him by the end of it is truly astonishing. And it's it's like character development 101. Like it's it's so innately like impressive, like how they do it. And uh the movie somewhat does it i think a lot of it hinges on will Polker's performance but um yeah i don't know i that's just it goes to also like this entire series is so rich for adaptations but mm-hmm. it's interesting that no they always have like a good starter and even like the solo films are good like it's hard to build a franchise around the series like i yeah. find that very interesting too
3: well i think the series is like i it's very hard to adapt all seven books so i think they made a good yeah. decision basically like starting with lion the witch in the wardrobe because like Basically, *Language in the Wardrobe*, *Prince Caspian*, and *Voyage of the Dawn Treader* are like a little trilogy within like the larger series. And then, like D- *Voyage of the Dawn Treader*, *Silver Chair*, and um, what the fuck? The last unicorn? Is that one well, No, no. The, the last battle. unicorn.
1: The last oh. battle,
3: and there's a unicorn on the cover. On the cover, um, yeah. Yep. <laughs> and yep. basically, like that is like a secondary trilogy about Eustace and one of his friends jill and then it's yeah. like the magician's nephew which is the first one which is like the garden of eden adam and eve origin story yeah the professor who's yeah. in the line, the Witch, and the wardrobe jim yeah. broadbent is like the protagonist good performance of the first movie Got yeah and then there's the horse and his boy
1: which is low-key yeah one.
3: but we'll talk about that
1: later Oh, I remember, like, I was the only one out of the kids that also school. I, I was the only one that liked The Magician's Nephew. Like, I really liked that one when I was a kid. That book um, is
3: scarring. I feel like that book messed me I, up. It's I so it. dark.
1: I had a weird correlation between, like, my favorite book – in a series, was always the most traumatizing one. <laughs> because like, um, and that I mean, okay, that wasn't my favorite one, but it was one that I always defended the most when I was younger, and because I was like, this book's not stupid, you're stupid. Like, I loved this book so much. <laughs> um, honestly, I didn't even dislike any Narnia book. I think I was just such a shell for Narnia when I was eight. Like, I, oh, I, I will <laughs> fully admit to being a Narnia shell, and I'm proud of yeah. it. Oh <laughs> yeah. Um. But, yeah, I mean, I but honestly, like, going back to the movie, like, this is, again, it's not, like, a perfect adaptation, but I think in the context of, like, making it accessible to, like, wide audiences that were looking for a post Lord of the Rings, like, kind of epic, but, like, also in the same vein of Harry Potter, this is really as good as you get of making a commercial, commercially driven and um, uh, marketed Narnia movie. Like, I don't think you could do it any better than this, really.
3: I agree, TVH. Yeah. <laughs> I think I think they made a very good decision in like marketing it very clearly as a children's film, the way that Harry Potter is, and sticking with that kind of like epic fantasy slant. Like, I the worst decision that movies like Percy Jackson and all of these other movies made is that like I feel like there was a shift in the culture towards like kids don't want epics anymore. Kids don't want the serious stuff. They want like action. They want fun. They want cool shit, and, like, that literally ruined so many movies. Yeah,
0: and, uh, like you had said, like, before the YA trend, it's, like, it being aimed towards kids really opened up so much, even down to, like, when we were saying how it starts being, like, a historical fiction, um, it kind of, like, even shows you, like, a part of, like, that time period that, like, you're not really taught in classes, how, like, the kids were really just, like, sent away, To keep them safe Mm
3: -hmm. and
0: um just like things like that and just how like deep this movie was and I'm sure it like opened up a lot of like conversations and it got kids into like different books and things like that and like there really isn't anything like this anymore I feel like like I feel like everything is aimed at even like like superhero movies and stuff like I feel like kids media or like things like aimed at kids are not really like for kids like I don't really yeah. know how to describe it like yeah I don't yeah I don't know if it's because we're like older or something but like I really can't like think of anything that's like aimed towards like maybe like middle schoolers or like late elementary school people well, other than like I feel Disney like
2: Channel, the kid who would be king is like I feel like a good movie a good recently movie. that mm-hmm. is tapping into what Narnia tapped into which is like it's made for like 12 to or like 11 to like 14 year olds because i or like maybe a little younger but that feels like the market that narnia is sort of working in Mm -hmm. and like the kid would be king it's so good in bringing that sort of classic like fantasy meets like modern day to like for the that sort of audience and i feel like that's the only one that i have recently that feels like in that framework because i agree like all superhero movies are now like trying to get everyone involved and not just having a more younger audience
3: Very angle on things quadrant, right you might say no okay not to sound <laughs> like a 70 year old lady but i think that like the <laughs> <feel> yeah <Okay>.
2: like <laughs> the <laughs>
3: generation of kids that are now like the age that we were we were watching things like narnia are older like mentally than we were at that stage and i also feel like sort of like the book market which was such a huge market for like middle grades and young adult readers has also fallen off because like books are just not as popular as they like once were even you know 10 15 years difference so i think that like this niche is disappearing because just kids are not interested in yeah. the niche and they're not as willing to show up for like theatrical experience either so this kind of stuff is going to get like you know
2: pushed to
3: streamers which
2: is what mm-hmm. they are like, yeah. netflix is adapting this. exactly
3: yeah. um yeah, yeah. that's never fucking happening this adaptation <laughs> has literally been in the works of netflix for like five years it's never oh, going yeah, to yeah. Really
2: like, it's, yeah. Never gonna
3: happen. it's like the avatar live action series which <laughs> never gonna happen no so curse
1: yeah. yeah this might be a stretch but um, I, I think the recent trend towards anime, like, I don't know if you guys are, like, familiar with that, like, whole trend of, like, teens really being drawn to anime, and, like, it's a, it's a, it's as popular as it's ever been now, and I think anime might actually be, like, the saving grace for, like, weird stuff that young <laughs> yeah. people consume. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm I'm not even, I, I honestly, I have no idea, like, I've never watched anime in my life. I watched, like, Naruto when I was a kid, and that's it, but um i think and, like i like i've had like my like younger family members i've had like uh, kids i've worked with like explain anime to me and some of the shit they're explaining is like so off the wall bananas that mm-hmm. i'm like how is this even produced and how are you guys interested in this when you can't like even like appreciate like if i showed you guys darnia like you wouldn't like it so yeah like yeah um And I had like a friend a few weeks ago, we got drunk together and she just explained the lore of like three different animes to me. And I was like, Okay, yeah, sure. And like (laughs) I So I think honestly, like anime might be like a Trojan horse to like get I mean, even if it's in the format of like weekly episodic stuff, that's okay, like as long as they're still open to weirder mythos and storytelling. Mm. There needs to
3: be like weird escapist, like deep lore like can get totally caught in like the web of all of the m- mythology like there has to be that niche because I yes. feel like yeah. that not even in a necessarily like a nerdy way even though it is obviously but I feel like that is what a lot of kids are drawn to because you have like all this time on your hands and you can really like become an expert on this thing that you're very interested in and it's kind of like the more lore, the better. It all just depends on like what niche you're trying to tap into. I mean, think about like all the shit you can know about Star
2: Wars. Well, that's why I was. I was. I'm questioned posed to you guys, I guess. As like, I didn't read. It. I mean, like, I read one of these books. Uh, I loved like War, as I've said, and I feel like where I sort of faltered with this series, I think as a kid, is I was much more drawn to like the Harry Potter, Percy Jackson, Star Wars, and or comic book lore because I found the lore of this like a bit shallow for me and i wonder if it was because i like didn't have that like religious in or i'm just like curious like were you guys drawn to the lore of the world like were you more drawn to like the material the story itself or were you, did you find yourself like reading more about the lore of this world because i never as a kid at least for me like looked into like anything about like narnia or anything because i i don't know i just didn't feel like as I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. no, I yeah, mean. I Absolutely, yeah.
3: Personally, I feel like definitely, I think the religious angle helps you because like I said, it's so allegorical that like you're looking at, for example, the magician's nephew and you're like, okay, well, this is like an allegory for Adam and Eve. And like, basically they go to all these different worlds and they like end up creating Narya in a certain way. And like, that is like what the world is. Or um, obviously the silver chair has a lot of like weird sort of like, snake, devil, like allegory stuff and they essentially like go to hell. And like so it's it's and um The Last Battle has this all this stuff about like false gods and like how belief can like create a god. Basically these like paganistic um okay. cultures create this like evil creature because they believe in it so hard. And so it's like I don't know. It's like it's really mm-hmm. interesting. But I think that like you need to pull a lot of allegory from the books and not so much from the movies because they picked like the most commercial movies to start with, but they're also like, I mean, for lack of a better word, the, the simplest.
1: Um, yeah. yeah, no, I mean, completely. Like that's um, like, I think a big part of it admittedly was my mom's push on it to me. Like, cause again, she was a, uh, she is a very uh, Christian person and like she, Uh, tried to find, like, that perfect middle ground. And, I mean, what better middle ground is there for a kid that loves fantasy and also a mom who's trying to get me interested in religion than to give him the Narnia material? Yeah. And, um, yeah, I mean, I can't lie. Like, a, a large part of it was, like, also, like, going to church each week and them talking about Narnia. And I'm like, wow, something that I like that I'm hearing the adults in my life talk about. And, like, in retrospect, that's, you know, whatever. Like it's kind of weird to me, like, in retrospect. But, like, as a kid, that was very formative for me. And, like, um, I mean, yeah, it was definitely, like, the biblical, like, religious aspects. But it, what Kira said earlier about, like, it's, it doesn't treat it like it's not the religion, it's the the, the epic side of it. Because, like, that's why, like, um, Darren Aronofsky's Noah, it treats... Oh, it, it's, it's a wacky... It's wacky, so crazy. It's, I remember...
3: Talk about like weird religious movies that we got dragged to. I literally went to that and people walked out in the middle of it.
2: <laughs> yeah, do, do you guys think that mother is a uh, religious allegory at all? Like to oh. like, you know, Mother Nature there or Adam so- and Eve or Katie. Yeah. Like I just I just I don't know. There's I don't so way know. That way. I mean, it's a hundred nice. different things at once.
3: <laughs> <laughs> when you think about the fact that Narnia is like a more nuanced adaptation of like biblical events <laughs> than Darren Aronofsky's mother, but I'm so sorry. I totally interrupted your notes.
1: No, no. Absolutely. <laughs> like I, that movie is absolutely crazy. because I remember I saw it with me in my like, one other friend at the time who, like, liked film, and then the other people in theater were' like, a giant, like, youth group who went on a field trip, and I, and me and my friend were, like, looking, like, they're gonna have a bad time, they're gonna have a bad time, <laughs> like, they don't know what they're getting into, like, there's rock, there's a Nick Nolte rock monster in that movie. Yeah. What? Uh, it's,
3: like, yeah. literally, like, why Is he, like,
2: talking like this to, like, a very yeah, Nick literally. Nolte? Oh, that rules!
3: I feel like it's something like Clash of the Titans, except instead of using Greek mythology as the base, they are literally using the fucking of the Bible.
2: Wow, it's yeah, so. It's,
1: I I like I, I liked that movie. Like I, it's I don't, I cannot blame anyone that doesn't, but it's <laughs> just weird, and it. therefore I liked it. Like I. Um, and yeah, so like what you were saying about like what what I was drawn to with it, like it's the same thing with like Noah, I guess. It's like it's it's weird in the way it treats its mythology is very interesting to me. And I love the characters, like the humans and the creatures, uh, like every, I mean, honestly everything drew it to me. and uh, But I also can't blame anyone for like, because admittedly those books are very slowly paced, very dense to get into in the lore. Is maybe at first glance not as captivating as that of Harry Potter or um, uh, Percy Jackson or what have you. It's Um, certainly not as much as superheroes and stuff. Yeah,
3: it's kind of like old school fantasy uh, because C.S. Lewis and Tolkien were like very good friends, obviously. So it's like sort of in that sensibility of like deep, like old fantasy lore. Obviously, there's not a whole language the way that there is for Elvis or something, but I feel like it's not exactly like accessible to kids i think
0: um in terms of lore like i didn't i read like only a few of the books i mostly remember like lion the witch in the wardrobe though because i would just like read it because i love this book i mean i love this movie so i just reread the book um i think personally it's just really satisfying for me when like an allegory just like clicks and i think like literally just the bible being like the most known and like popular piece of literature for lack of a better way to put it um, available in the world um, I think that's like the most satisfying is when it's done not necessarily in a subtle way but in like a different way mm-hmm. um, and I'm just gonna do a little shout out to a friend of the pod friend of the pod Courtney um, she got me and my little friend group into uh, the miniseries the third day on HBO have you guys seen that
2: the Jude Law, right? Jude Law. Yeah. Hugh Dancy. Yeah. Hugh uh, my boy. damn, damn yeah. <laughs> you
0: guys, uh, I'm so glad. She's going to be so happy that other people have seen that. But everybody oh, who was listening. Okay,
3: what? sorry, never mind. Hugh Dancy's oh. definitely not in the third day. <laughs> uh, but continue, yes. It's um, amazing.
0: I, um, yeah, it's just like a really cool religious, like, um, it's cool when you're like watching something and then like 20 minutes into it you're like, "Oh, this is the stations of the cross." <laughs> like I like when there's like a like an allegory that just clicks. And I took a really interesting class on like early literature and I was like, "Oh, so we're going to be reading like Little Women." And then like I got into the class and it was literally like we're going to read the first poem ever written in a dead language. And I was like, "Oh my god." And I was like so scared, but the way that my professor put it and like connected it to all this like modern stuff. I was like, that's so interesting. Like we read Beowulf and he was like, did you guys know that there's a fight scene in um, the movie? I don't remember. Oh, it was Split. Okay. I, I didn't remember what movie it was in that trilogy. There's a fight scene in Split that's literally choreographed the way that scene in Beowulf reads and I was just like that's so cool I love I love things like that so I feel like that's something that really um, made Narnia so satisfying to me is like being so familiar with something outside of it and then like seeing the influences and I think that's like a reason why I like started kind of thinking of film in that way like analyzing it like that
1: I was going to go to that route, because it was like, is that why we are the way we are now? <laughs> yeah, Whereas, Narnia broke us. <laughs> yeah, where we look for, even when there isn't any subtext and, like, nuances, like, allegories, metaphors. Like, it's all... Because um, I feel like, yeah, like, I think... God, I didn't even realize until Kira said it. Like, I... so Like, post-Narnia, I looked for it in every movie, and most of the time, I could not find it, which is what made me go to bigger... More like um, adult films, like almost like like, because, like at the time I was like, what? I'm not getting like a religious allegories in this album, the <laughs> squeal. Like, yeah, I gotta, I gotta branch out. Like, what are you talking about?
3: Like, <laughs> I totally, totally relate to that though. That like hyper specific idea of like wanting to look for patterns and wanting to have like your movie works so out perfectly on two levels. I'm literally about to start watching the third day. That sounds so good, but Definitely, like. Yeah. Um, that's one of the reasons, I actually talked about this in a recent episode, that's one of the reasons I like Black Swan so much because it's, it's like obviously a more like standard allegory, it's like the events of Swan Lake are the events of the movie and all the characters are like a one-to-one allegory, but like I find that so deeply satisfying, Mm. and I find it such like a good version of storytelling when you're able to like pull that off successfully, and Jordan you mentioned Mother, I feel like that is a less well done example Aronofsky and his allegories (laughs) about like we get that this film is like supposed to be this other thing but like there's no nuance (laughs) to it and it like takes itself far too seriously um but like it's just it it very it is very like cathartic I guess to Mm -hmm. see films like be able to pull off something allegorical with elegance uh yeah and I feel like it's it's very rare because it's hard to do
1: And also, like, with Black Swan, like, it, yeah, completely, like, the allegory is all there, like, it, but also, like, even, like, beneath the allegory, like, I like, I like when you can have, like, multiple, like, different themes running at the same time, because, like, the allegory is very, but, like, also, like, in terms of, like, when I think of, like, obsession or, like, films about obsession, there's no better film about, like, obsession and, like, the pursuit and the toxicity of pursuing a craft, um, and making it your entire life than that, of Black Swan. Oh, so yeah, like, a masterpiece. I love yeah, it's so one of the greatest movies ever made. Yeah. I, I watched yeah, it. I watched because I was feeling like really shit. Like I think it was like early like quarantine days where it's just like, oh God, I like I you know the whole thing like, with with <laughs> lockdowns. And I was like, let me just watch Black Swan to feel worse. And oh, I yeah. did. And, <laughs> um, and yeah, no, it, it's it's a perfect movie. So I yeah. I didn't realize honestly, and that's I mean that is Aronofsky too. I forgot
3: yeah
1: um he didn't write probably his his best movie
3: and i think that that is a big difference is that (laughs) it's it's his directing and like he obviously is like an extremely good director but it's not really like his like creative vision
1: i haven't seen the fountain with hugh jackman um i think that's his only movie that i haven't seen but i've heard that's actually like his most wacky aligore weird
2: weird weird
1: is what it is yeah but that's like that's
3: all aronofsky that's all him
0: we're just gonna really quick take a break for a word from some of our sponsors thanks guys hello friends do you love movies do you just spend your days thinking about how much you love to watch them? The good ones, and even the bad ones everyone told you not to like. It sounds like Super Yockey is the place for you. The team at Super Yaki loves movies, so much so that they've dedicated every waking moment of their life to bringing you top quality merchandise to showcase your love for them. From super soft t-shirts celebrating the cinematic achievement that is the 2001 classic Josie and the Pussycats, to comfy sweatshirts that serve as a call to arms for all those in support of making Judy Greer America's lead. They even have pins of some of your favorite directors, like Sofia Coppola and Jordan Peele. Subriyaki joyously brings you tangible love letters to movies and filmmakers that you can wear with pride. Plus, the team at Superyaki screen prints all their apparel using eco-friendly, 100% water-based inks and ships with compostable poly mailers for an environmentally friendly alternative to online shopping. As a special treat to our listeners, we have a discount code. In all caps, enter SUPERZILLENIAL at checkout for 10% off. If the spirit moves you, find them at
3: superyaki.com. Let's watch more movies, guys. Um, speaking of like weird auteurs it, i mean it, it's, it makes sense it tracks but del toro was originally attached to direct this movie
1: really I didn't oh. know that. Oh. um wow. but he
3: turned it down because of him doing things with pan labyrinth which like makes a lot of sense mm-hmm. um you can definitely see it, like the sensibility there um, but he would have been great for this. All the practical creature effects and sort of like the weird, like fantasy world. I mean, Pan's Labyrinth is like very much like an Alice in Wonderland, oh, yeah. Chronicles of Narnia story with like a young girl going into this so
1: fantasy world. It's the best. It's the best. I'm literally never gonna stop thinking about that now that you said it. Like, <laughs> Del Toro Narnia. Wow. I would love I, that. <laughs>
0: Yeah. Like, uh, it's like the Haunted Mansion effect now that you know that he was attached oh, to do no. something. It's like, well, what could have been? It
2: could have been the, so good. The most Del- depressing Del Toro, thing ever. A
1: Del Toro Haunted Mansion starring Ryan Gosling. Are you kidding it's
2: me? It's a layup um, if I've ever heard one.
1: <laughs> I, mm, I'm going to shut up before I get started on that. So.
2: <laughs> Del Toro um,
3: has been attached to so many like right. cool projects that he hasn't been able to direct and it hurts
2: homie was just out here attaching contracts left and right he's like yeah i'll be on that sure but like like, i like
3: that he dropped (laughs) i kind of respect that he drops off of stuff so frequently because it's always like he dropped off because he was like no you can't do literally the thing that we hired you for and he's like Mm -hmm. fuck you yeah Mm so there you go what were you gonna say i
2: was gonna say i feel like i don't know how you guys felt but as like a young boy very masculine not like masculine but like uh very into like fantasy and like swords and stuff um this movie gives uh, big LARPing vibes, <laughs> oh, no. and I was very into the idea. I never did it, but like I was very into like fighting with swords or like lightsabers oh, with yeah. friends. And like this movie, I feel like was like a touchdown one because I feel like it came out like the perfect time for swords and stuff like that. So I feel like me and my friends always would pretend that we were like sword battling in Narnia. I don't know yeah. if this
1: was... And the Pirates movies. For oh, me. exactly. Yeah. Yes. Bring back this, sword fights. Like, yeah. yeah.
3: Bring back sword fights.
0: <laughs> this definitely made me want to get into archery. That was, like, a really cool thing. And mm. going off of the weapons, um, the whole time that I was watching it, I was saying, like... I feel like this was, like, a Christmas movie. Like, this was, like, a Christmas movie, right? And then, like, they were, like, there is no Christmas in Narnia. And I'm, like, oh, so it's not a Christmas movie. It's just a winter movie. And then, like, immediately after that, just, like, Santa showed Santa was, up. Santa like ears. I yeah. love the way that Santa's portrayed in this, though. How yes, he's, like, right. literally, like... um. Mythical like old man, <laughs> and Bob not just Christmas. like Santa. Yeah. yeah, how he just looks like a regular guy with a beard. I think that that's really cool. Does um, this play
2: during Christmas? Do you know? Like, yeah. is this like one like on the ABC's like Twenty Five Days of Christmas or whatever? I, I
0: think so. I'm like ninety yeah. percent sure. Yeah, because yeah.
2: I I just simply remember the
1: Twenty Five Days of Christmas, and like it's the picture or like the shot of Lucy and the lamppost. Like, mm-hmm.
3: yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it it yeah. it's a lovely yeah. Christmas movie. Yeah, um, and their really depiction, is. I think, of Santa slash Father Christmas is sort of, like, the, the Christian interpretation of Santa, yeah. if you're really <laughs> hardcore, where it's, like, Absolutely. He, he and God, aka Aslan, like, exist in harmony, and, like, one informs the other, and he's not, like, mm-hmm. a beacon of commerciality the way that, like, mm-hmm. modern day Santa is, he's, like, you know this like woodsy man who delivers you presents and like talks about how they're gonna help you on your yeah. journey
0: he literally says these are not toys these are tools yes <laughs> just, like, <laughs> and just okay. beat it Which, beat it over the head to all the kids although, in the audience when i when i
1: was a kid and i saw that in theaters i was like that's the coolest fucking thing i've ever done. Like, <laughs> yeah i want a I, fucking story for christmas are you kidding me <laughs> i remember i had the um as a, like, I had the toys for Narnia when I was a kid, and I had like mm-hmm. the Narnia shield, mm-hmm. the Aslan. Thing yeah, it, and, like, I had the sword, mm-hmm. and um, yep. I remember like I yeah I what Jordan was saying about like sword fighting, like I did that too, like I did it with my friends, like the neighborhood kids.
2: Oh, yeah. yeah. These yeah. toys were great. They had great toys. They had great McDonald's toys. They had a great yeah. kids McDonald's toy collection that came out. Not gonna lie.
0: Yeah. I remember I had the White Witch toy and I was looking at pictures of them last night and I was like, this looks so bad, like, in <laughs> retrospect. And I sent Adam <laughs> a picture of a woman who, like, it was definitely like a librarian that, like, dressed up for Christmas for, like, yeah. for like school that oh, day or something. No. But it was, like, not even that far down on, like, the Google search results for, like, Narnia White Witch. And it was just, like, some, like, it was on a website called, like, Great Homemade Costumes or something. And it was, like, (laughs) this woman, like, made, like, almost, like, a collar out of, like, cardboard, but she made it, like, too high up. So she looked, like, like, Master of Disguise, like, Turtle Club slash, like... (laughs) David Byrne and stop making sense (laughs) like it was like so tall and then like she made like the hair piece but it looked so heavy like it was like a cone on her head and she just like looked so uncomfortable in the picture and I sent it to Adam with no context and he was like I don't know what that is
1: (laughs) it got got (laughs) like a 480p almost no (laughs) 180p like jpeg image and I was like she just sent it to me like a what two AM and I was like, yeah oh, Kira, I don't know what this
2: is. <laughs> That's incredible.
0: I sent it immediately after you still good for one thirty tomorrow. And then
1: I just immediately sent that. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay, no I'm I'm
2: like, yeah Death, and I have no clue what that is. <laughs> <laughs> and then I'll she replied with Oh my I God. Oh my God. I think I found it. I probably was- <laughs> <laughs> And it is the scariest thing I've ever seen
3: in my life. <laughs> I'm like you have to tweet this. Oh I will,
2: I god. absolutely will This is how I'm going to be dressed after quarantine ends. I'm going to come out fitted as fuck <laughs> like this
0: Looking back it looks like It looks like the collar's made out of like a hula hoop it, Like around her shoulders we <laughs> <It's a perfect laughs> are definitely looking at the same picture right? yeah. <laughs> yes. it, looks
1: like little, yeah. it looks like that little payment action figure from Hereditary like.
0: Oh my god <laughs> Oh.
2: <laughs> yeah can, i mean if we're gonna talk about the white wish can we talk about her weapon because that thing is so cool it's like medusa but a sword mm-hmm. I, yeah. I like her
3: double swords too she can like double
2: you mm-hmm. at some point mm-hmm. yeah, tilda was fucking ready for this she, she came out chest into this yeah carpet. she I also th- yeah. i mean yeah when she starts to hit on edmund and like her fascination with edmund is so frightening that's the like Mm -hmm. I mean the first act is really the horror movie where it's just Edmund and her and Mr. Tom is that like one two three you're like what's going on here
0: yeah and I feel like that's the thing also that like it kind of like kids can find it scary because I feel like it a lot of it taps into almost like creepy things in the real world Mm -hmm. like there's the scary thing of war and having to leave your family a creepy thing of like some random stranger literally coming up to you and being like, You want some candy? Like yeah. like real fears that kids would feel uncomfortable with. And it really makes you feel more like connected to it, I think. But yeah. I don't know if this was like my I guess it was all of our introduction to Tilda Swinton. Um Absolutely. I can't think of anything else, but I mean yeah.
1: I, mean, I- I'm the weird kid who saw Constantine that summer so oh. I had that oh, classic but, <laughs> yes but uh but yes for most kids yes this was the Tilda <laughs> yeah
3: I think like I I feel like I was introduced to her as the White Witch and then like Tilda Swinton as an actress almost as two separate people mm-hmm. and then like obviously a little later I was like oh right okay that makes sense wow she's like really good in that movie but I feel like this is I was just young enough when I saw this one, like, especially the characters like the White Witch and Mr. Tungness, you're like, well, no, that's the character. That's not the mm-hmm. actor playing that character. And of course, like, Tilda Swinton is great in this. She's so immersive. Um,
2: Does she come great she comes back in the third one?
3: Yeah, it's yeah. a weird, like, dream sequence thing. Oh, okay. She's in the second one, too,
2: right? Yeah, like, yeah.
3: She's yeah. not in any of the books after the first one. Like, she's, I mean, she's in the Magician's
2: They, like, reference her, but she never, like, But I mean if you have Tilda on contract, you bring her back. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah,
3: no, absolutely. (laughs)
2: Because like
1: I remember that scene in Caspian too, like where they're in the setting. Yeah, and I was like, that's a really good like even for something that's on the book, good sequence. I liked it it's so
2: good
3: and there's like the creepy i feel like the the creepy wolfman and then like the hag that are basically like her servants that show up in Caspian are so somewhere funny. else in one of the books but like they're literally like you know that jordan oh, yeah. yeah scarring
2: scarring yeah. movies are frightening these movies are scary i like that they're scary yeah, i no. think kids movies, kids should movies need scary. to be scary <laughs> shazam does it right like oh, like i'll like i'm just yes. thinking of like kids movies recently like Shazam is the first like one that has tapped into like actual horror for kids and like we haven't had that in so long and like kids need to get scared every once in a while it's how you make them people <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. yeah yeah I mean so many so many like I think those um uh Laika movies like they yes. they do such a good job at like uh like both Kubo and um Paranorman like they do an excellent job because like yeah and Coraline
0: that's Coraline, like yeah, Coraline horror thing. for
1: kids yeah. yeah totally like ruined generation. no myself. no <laughs> movie has scarred
2: me more because we're talking about stop motion animation than uh Chicken Run that movie <laughs> I have never been more scared of a movie in my entire life it's like Snakes on a Plane Chicken Run and Marley and Me are like the three movies that broke me as like a child
3: <laughs> what a fucking trio yeah, yeah. And the thing I is, I know exactly. the reasoning
2: behind all of that. Right, it's like Chicken Run is just because I had chickens, and it's like horrifying <laughs> and dark as fuck. <laughs> snakes on a plane. Snakes, they're scary, and they're on a plane. Do you, do you, you can't escape. Do you hate I them? hate snakes. <laughs> right, right, exactly. <laughs> uh.
1: I remember watching snakes on a plane on uh, the shitty ended version fx when i was a kid and um of course you didn't get any of like you have the the infamous monkey flying snakes on this monday to friday plane um, no way. But, like, yeah I, no way yeah uh, oh. <laughs> um and but i also what jordan's saying like it was scary to me because the claustrophobia of it all is what got to me not right? so much like the actual doubts or the kills but like just the idea that you could be sitting—it's the same thing. Like when you're sitting, this is a very Disney deep cut, but when you're sitting in the audience for um, *Honey, I Shrunk the Audience* at Epcot, yes, <laughs> yes, snakes going between your legs and your—uh-huh. Like, fuck is that? And yeah, like that's that's what uh, *Snakes on a Plane* taps into—is that innate fear of yes. like feeling snakes at your feet. Um, like
2: at the bugs life one—it's tough to be a bug when you have the yep. bugs, and then Hopper comes up. I don't know. That's horrifying. You're stuck in a thing in Hoppers right there. What are you gonna do? <laughs> Die.
3: <laughs> Why is there no Narnia theme park ride? Speaking right. of
2: things. Exactly. Oh, that's what I was saying. I that's what I was saying. Ride. Disney was marketing it like there was a whole pop-up shop for Narnia, but they didn't have like they didn't lean into it at all. Like there was like in MGM it was MGM Studios at the time, I think, or mm-hmm. just turned to Hollywood Studios. But they didn't like do anything for Narnia. And I'm like, this feels like a market they could have done. The
1: only thing they did in the park at the time, other than like merchandising and advertising, obviously, was they had. I remember at the Great Movie Red, right, they had the white, uh, the, the, the white dress in the, yeah. like in, the, mm-hmm. in the queue. And I'm pretty sure Narnia was in the montage at the end very briefly. Um, but I think, honestly, it might have been like a licensing issue, even though they produced the movies um, just because Walden Media owned them. I don't know if they had the all like the rights right and um me and kira talk about this a lot but like uh michael eisner at the time was the ceo of disney and he was very stingy with money so i do know how do
2: you guys feel about him because i i'll let kira talk about it like I, <laughs> I would love look i love i love this is like coming this is my like world right now <laughs> i'm very happy like michael eisner talk let's go
0: <laughs> i like him as a concept and a meme
2: mm. i
0: personally think that he deserved to have the French people throw eggs at him, though.
2: That's how oh, I feel. No. I, it's, like, because it's, like, you can see he is, it's so flawed, so many decisions he made. But, like, at the same time, Homie, like, changed the theme parks forever. Like, he brought mm. in such good, like, even though it was, like, all for his son, but, like, Splash Mountain, Br- Tower of Terror, all these Star mm. Wars. Like, he, like, without him, it's, like, the parks aren't really there. You don't have the Renaissance. So, like, I kind of have to stand the King. But also he's like yeah. an idiot for all he did with California Adventure and everything. But
1: yeah, I mean
0: <laughs> it's also get... like it's he brought in like a lot of like weirdo shit, like oh really God, yeah. weird, I admire, like, I admire yeah, like yeah, like uh, like how they had like Dick Tracy like walk around characters in the right. parks and like, like what. Yeah, Um, when they had like the full size like Muppet suits, have you guys seen those? Like the walk around Muppets. Oh my god!
2: The fact that they, I'm just will never live down the fact that we never got Muppet Land. Like that's Mm -hmm. all I ever wanted. But I like. I'm
3: glad you got some parks talk. It's great. Anytime.
2: Anytime. <laughs> I, don't like, know, I don't know like, like, shit about the park. So half of this pod is just park
1: talk. So we, uh,
0: <laughs> we got an Orlando man here. So yeah, I mean hey, look, listen,
1: I, I drink splash mountain water. <laughs> yeah.
0: So you got I have a candle that smells like it. It's like, wonderful. Do you
2: actually?
0: That's awesome. Yeah. It's a splash mountain scented candle. It's amazing. Oh my god. I, I'm gonna yeah, be buying
2: one still,
1: with those. I'm, <laughs> I'm still waiting on my E T scented candle. Mm. The Islands of Advent. Bay- no, at
2: uh, Universal Studios. So good. So good. It's like that, the soren smell, the E.T. Forest, mm-hmm. you know, the will smells. Yeah,
0: I'll send you the company. They have like all those smells on candles. Oh, but, that is yeah. insane this
2: that,
3: is that exists. Like, so I, I don't know why I'm surprised, but like, oh my <laughs> God. What
2: do you think the Narnia smell would be like? The Turkish Pine delight? Needles, smell?
3: Yeah. Pine needles and Turkish delight. Yeah, mm-hmm. definitely.
2: Maybe a I little know,
0: bit of like cocoa like some tea like oolong mm-hmm. tea or something this is such
3: a nice this is a movie for all seasons you know it's a great christmas movie i think it, definitely they made a mistake releasing caspian as a summer blockbuster but like it can function as a summer blockbuster it feels
2: more like a summary of the nardy one like this feels more winter and, and caspian, caspian is, is much summer. more like summer yeah. adventure you know
3: i think technically yeah. caspian would be spring and dawn charter would be summer because it's like they're on the ocean all mm. time and like
1: the burning sun but also, isn't it fun, like, when you, you, like, so it's, like, released in theaters in December, but, like, it's nice as, like, escapism to, like, have, like, a summary kind of movie. Because I remember, like, when they fucking released Aquaman on Christmas Day, and I was like, yeah, you know what? Sure. <laughs> like, it's good. Sure, like, <laughs> it's nice to, like, yeah. escape from the snow for a little bit. Just to see Jason Momoa and his abs and the octopus playing the drums. Like, it's good. It's all good stuff.
2: <laughs> I... That was, I was in the, it was the, oh, sorry. I saw that. Oh, no, like, go ahead. I saw that, like, in the, I was in England at the time and it was pouring rain and I was, like, all by myself this one night and I was just walking around and I, like, saw that Aquaman was in theaters. Like, I just didn't realize it. And so, like, I went and it was me and, like, two other people and I'm just like dripping wet it's like the middle of like the winter and it was one of the best cinema experiences I have ever had you were
3: not <laughs> prepared to walk into that movie
2: I was I mean I mean let's maybe I was because I was wet the movie's wet it was great <laughs> I
3: feel like it's such a weird movie to be like yeah let's go see off of it because you know yeah. and then it's like two and a half hours later and you walk out and, like person. right when yeah.
2: people, I... people music drops you're like
0: <laughs> yeah oh <my> God. <laughs> yeah yeah I slept through a solid half hour of that movie. Oh no. And I feel like like no offense to the movie or anything, but I feel like I like did not miss anything because the whole thing is just like one long fever dream of
1: like underwater. Yes. Oh, correct.
2: That's correct. Only vibes. Yeah. Like I think <laughs> yeah. that, that movie is no great, thoughts.
1: But I
3: also like don't particularly like that movie. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. Listen, if if your main character or if your main villain Literally turns to the camera and says, My name is Ocean Master. It's a good <laughs> <laughs> movie. Like, I don't make the rules. I just play by them. And that's a good <laughs> movie. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I- <laughs>
0: yeah. Um, I'm can surprised. Out-
3: no, go ahead. Yeah, no, go ahead. <laughs> oh, I was just going to say, can I throw out my favorite piece of Narnia trivia? Please. Um, which I feel like if you're a hardcore fan, you already know this. But Um, C.S. Lewis and J.R.R. Tolkien, um, the initials committee, um, were best friends, (laughs) (laughs) and they were writing books at the same time, and they, like, had a lot of friendly, like, literary fights about, like, what defines fantasy and, like, what your fantasy novel should be like, because, like, Lewis was more clearly writing for children, Tolkien was trying to make, like, this epic world that had, like, never been seen before, and basically, um, Tolkien was like, well, you can't have things from the real world in your fantasy world that, like, blurs the lines too much. You need to basically not acknowledge that there's a real world. And C.S. Lewis was like, you know what? Fuck you. You know what I'm putting in the middle of my fantasy world? A lamppost. And that is why the (laughs) lamppost is there. Wow. Except they give, I mean, literally giving Marvel and Star Wars a run for their money, they give the lamppost an origin story in The
2: Magician's Nephew.
3: Oh my god! <laughs> it literally has. An and it's a good one.
2: And it's it is good. good. <laughs> well, is it, yeah. Okay, not knowing anything, is it a person who turns into a lamppost? No. Oh.
3: It's essentially, <laughs> um, unless Adam, do you want to explain it?
1: Um, I feel like you actually have a, probably a better because okay. I, I my. Memory's a little bit rough, but I just remember, like, the little outlines of it, so you go for it. Okay, so in
3: The Magician's Nephew, I can't, i
2: just can't believe this.
3: In, in The Magician's Nephew, basically, <laughs> they, like, they—these they, they these two kids, Diggory, and I don't remember the girl's Dickery? name. Diggory? Diggory.
2: Oh, okay. Like, don't— Professor
3: Diggory. Yeah, like Cedric yeah. Diggory. Yeah. 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 Um, he, he accidentally sort of like brings the white witch back to like Victorian era London, which is where he like is a kid and like she wreaks havoc for a couple of chapters and eventually they're like basically these rings that you can use to hop between worlds. Like Sonic? So- <laughs> exactly
1: like Sonic actually.
3: Yeah. <laughs> Um, and so, like, at one point, they're like, okay, we gotta get her out of Victorian London, and they basically ring-hop her to Narnia, and she, like, throws the lamppost down that she, like, yanked out of a street in Victorian London, and because, like, Narnia is a world that is so susceptible to, like, growth and, like, basically life, the lamppost, like, takes root and, like, becomes a functioning... (laughs) Thing. Isn't that
2: crazy? That is insane. It's that is so, that's so really cool. Why was that not in this movie? Because it's, it's <laughs> a I know, but imagine <laughs> Tilda Swinton fucking flying around Victorian <laughs> England. That's awesome! Like she literally gets
3: on top of like a horse-drawn carriage and like pilots it like through the streets of London.
2: That is the coolest thing I've ever pictured Great. Yeah,
3: they accidentally wake her from like this ancient sun-baked world where she's like trapped as a statue. With, like, See,
2: this sounds awesome.
3: So just like,
1: oh. <laughs> that's it's what I was really saying. Scary. Right? No, yeah. like, what? That's why. Again, it, I think it was probably like my second favorite book of the series, behind this one. Like I, I loved it when I was a kid, and I think, like Burke just put it to words. Like I. Yeah, it's it's fucking awesome. It's like fucking it, it's awesome. a great book. Yeah, so my personal
3: old. favorite is The Horse and His Boy. It's like I feel of like course, I, course. I, I that's know your I feel like it's most easily comped to like Aladdin or like Arabian Nights. It's like this pseudo like Middle Eastern world with talking horses that are like enslaved and like these two kids have to free the horses. And there's like really great plot lines about like arranged marriage and how like we shouldn't be marrying girls off when they're like
2: fifteen. Is one of them spirit?
3: No, that's not. But the horses do talk, though. Cool. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. um, it's a good time. And it takes place between, it takes place when, the like, kids from Language the Wardrobe are, like, serving as kings and queens in Narnia. So it, like, yeah. takes place during that time when they're adults.
2: That is wild, that the whole, and I, I, conf- I don't know about you guys, but I completely forgot that they become full-grown-ass adults, and then yeah. they go back to being forgot, kids.
0: Too. Mm-hmm. It's that so sucks that you have to live through your life twice i mean like right? maybe it's a good thing but like it's like damn i'm really a kid again <laughs> I'm gonna do this all over again maybe that's just me but uh yeah
1: yeah Wild. i don't think um in uh with the the horse and his boy that's interesting because like i that was the one i felt disconnected from as a kid but it wasn't because it was like bad or anything i just was like I don't know. Like I never, because like with Edmund, it was easy to like kind of patch pass the torch to him. But like with the, I remember Horse and his boy. It was like very hard for me to like get into it because it was so. Isolated from the other characters. It's extremely disconnected. It's like basically a one-off. I don't think they would yeah.
3: ever adapt it as part of the series. It would be like they'd be like, okay, and we're getting a special like Disney Plus eight episode like run on the horse of his boy because like it has zero yeah. bearing on like the over. But it's it's how talking animals come to Narnia. Oh. I think is part of the or like how Narnia's animals like go to other places of like the Narnia world. I don't right. know. It's a it's a it's a it's a good book. Highly it I sounds incredible. It's But it's, like, you don't even have to read it as a Narnia book. It's just, like, a weird, like,
1: Agrabah-esque
3: fantasy novel.
1: I want to check it out now. Like, I, I, I read it, like, I think I, like, made myself finish it when I was younger, but I didn't enjoy it. And, but now I kind of want to, like, revisit it with, like, these lens now. I will say,
3: if people take anything away from this episode, it's that I, I think that the whole series is definitely worth a revisit. Because I think that the books hold up extremely Wow, well, and that, like, the religious allegory is definitely not as greeting as people may, like, perceive it to be. Like, it's actually also, very delicate.
1: It's also interesting, because, like, I was cleaning out, like, my, uh, my closet the other day, and I found, like, all these old books that I, like, uh, just had, like, at the bottom of my closet, and uh, it kind of connects to this episode, because like, I found, like, my old, like, I have, like, three different versions of The Lightning Thief. Like, I have the hardback, <laughs> yes. and the paperback, and the uh the special edition with just the trident on right yes on the cover and then i found all like all of my narnia books too um so yeah they're just in my closet right now i i just waiting for me to read them again (laughs) so i'm gonna do it (laughs) as you should um and also i want to say um your fun fact about tolkien and lewis they're the original TikTok sound of Bestie Vides Only. Like-
2: <laughs> <laughs> so true, Bestie. <laughs> yeah.
0: When he when he uh, wrote the <laughs> lampposts into the book, uh, he said, Bestie, I'm afraid to tell you this. I'm afraid to tell you this.
2: I'm afraid to tell you this. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: speaking of tiktok um i don't know if it's because of the side of tiktok that i'm on but i'm surprised that like with like the whole like cottagecore aesthetic i'm surprised that like narnia hasn't come back in like the general like Mm. aesthetic cosplaying situation i Um, feel like
2: i see a lot of tumness like i don't know about you but i was doing some googling just to see like tumness images to tweet and they're, like, you just search Mr. Tomness, and, like, 50% of them are just, like, cosplay Mr. Tomness. It's very frightening.
0: <laughs> I feel like, I don't know if Adam did or if my friend that, like, has weird uh, movie character crushes sent it to me. But it was almost like a meme where somebody was, like, like it was, like, a thirst post for Mr. Tomness.
3: There was that whole SNL sketch that they did when James yeah. McAvoy, like, posted about, like, Mr. Thomas Thirst, which I found extremely <laughs> upsetting. <laughs> I don't I mean, I think because I saw this when I was a kid, and I was like, it's the last person that I'm thirsting over. Yeah. <laughs> I did have a big crush on Peter, though.
2: How could you when not? I was a kid. Yeah. How could you not? Yeah,
3: yeah.
2: Kill Edmund, get oh Peter. Oh, my God.
3: He's so cute. He was like, I was like, oh, I want, like, a, I like, I like a blondie, you know.
2: Oh, yeah. And it was a sweet, soft boy. You know, a red flag for someone is if they had a crush on uh, Edmund. Yeah. <laughs> oh, like, yeah. oh yeah. no.
1: But then when scan rolls up, no. Like one person. Like, so I can't even think of, like, and yeah. honestly, like, a lot of people, like, they have crushes on, like, the most annoying characters, but Edmund is someone I can't imagine anyone having a crush on. Mm-hmm.
2: No way. I feel like
1: it I
3: think it's just to the quality of uh, Skylar, what is his name? Skander Keynes. All these
1: people have such weird names. Skander Keynes' performance yeah. that everyone hated him so much. Apparently yeah. he had such a bad time doing Don Treader that he uh, retired acting immediately <laughs> after. Um, kind of iconic. Yeah, honestly, that king shit only. Like,
2: <laughs> I- <laughs>
1: he made his <laughs> money. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and that's his last appearance in the books too, right? As, yeah. Uh, as yeah. Though so. technically,
3: the like the Pevensey show up again in the last battle, but they're like adults. So.
1: Right. That's their last right. time as kids. So by the time the epilogue of sorts and uh, the, this movie happens, have the events of The Last Battle already taken place?
3: No, because so basically in The Last Battle, like the Pevensies come back to Narnia, but like they've grown up as adults in London and they all die in a train crash. Wow. And like that is what oh, brings shit. them to The Last Battle, aka like the afterlife. Heaven, I forgot about this. Essentially. Whoa. The Last Battle is a crazy book because it's like revelations. It's like shit coming out of the ocean and like fire raining from the sky and stuff like that. And there's a the unicorn. It's so good.
1: <laughs> I I have no idea how they could have ever adapted that. That uh that seems like inadaptable to me. Yeah. Like, but then again, I said the same like, about Watchmen and stuff like that, so who knows? But That miniseries um, is coming for sure. N- maybe someday, there will be a soft, a soft Narnia reboot in our future. I would be happy. Yeah, yeah, I, I see mean, it. I'm hoping that, I mean, I don't know, like I kind of hope Netflix does it because then you can like not have the Disney, because I, again, I, I like this movie a lot, but it would be good to have Narnia through the lens of like a non, like Disney brand, like Agreed. I would like to see it through, even if it's on Netflix, like uh, Hulu or, or no, never, that's Disney. Um, so, <laughs> like HBO, HBO yeah. HBO, yeah. I, oh yeah. my god, I would kill because like HBO, yeah. like, they they put money in their shows, like. Um, I haven't Absolutely. seen his Dark Materials yet, but I all the trailers I see it's very um, mm-hmm. looks very hype and Game of Thrones obviously. Yeah,
3: Historic Dark Materials is a weird series because it's like it is very expensive, but it's also ostensibly like a series for kids, and it's like, but it's it's one of those create like every episode is an hour long and like they're not exactly yeah. thrilling. Like I'm kind of struggling through it, um, and I feel like it is like pitching it as like deep fantasy, but they could be it as like much more adventure centric but it's a good series and it, the the production quality
1: is amazing yeah so, I, it's on we'll my like that. it's on my list of like things because i know courtney friend of the pod courtney she uh she oh, she convinced me to watch the third day and i'm still like mm-hmm. slowly very very slowly getting oh you rip. need
0: to you ever need since you
1: mentioned stations of the cross i was like i'm
0: fucking <laughs> in I'm you have to watch you have to watch the first three episodes, then the movie, which is on YouTube and not on HBO for some reason. And then you can watch the last three episodes. It's That's weird. Interesting. But okay. Yeah. so insane. <laughs> I- In <to> know. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so I haven't watched it yet, but Netflix did Series of Unfortunate Events, and those were my favorite books when I was younger. Incredible series. Uh, the series is I, so s- good. I still have to watch the it. The series? Yeah. yeah I
1: still awesome. have to watch it. I i oh, <laughs> i don't know i it's not bad i just didn't love it i don't know i was like, all maybe in. It's just me it no, was, I, I think
2: i don't know i don't even know why i didn't
1: love it I <laughs> was, maybe I for I like
2: that might have been like my narnia alongside mm-hmm. like the harry Same. potter and percy jackson like series of unfortunate events. like that's my like that warped and changed my humor forever uh mm-hmm. and those books are just so good and like being after like the first season like when you finally got past like the third book seeing like the carnivorous carnival or like Mm -hmm. the parasol elevator I was like let's go this is the best even if it's like not the best show but it's just like fun to live in this world you know
0: I'm absolutely gonna start watching it like really soon because I forgot about it even until like we started recording and then I was thinking about like YA stuff that I loved and I was like how have I never watched that like and I remember being so upset after the movie came out being like but the hospital one's my favorite one why aren't they gonna make a movie of the hospital one and yeah, like, I'm, ex- so
2: fucking good.
0: <laughs> I'm oh excited God. to watch it now
2: um it's it's that's like actually like a good YA as we were talking about like earlier the like kid who would be gay stuff like that's actually for YA yeah 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 I I, I mean, I loved the
1: books when I was younger. And um, I, I mean, don't get me wrong. I thought the subsequent like seasons were like better than the first one. Because the first season, you were pretty much just going through the first four books, was it? Or was it straight up three? I think, it's I four. think it was four. It was yeah. four, eight, twelve. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And um, yeah, the further you went along with it, I, I think the last season was probably the best one in my opinion. Yeah. Um, but I also liked when... Uh, weirdly enough like gone girl did the same thing because like i i felt the when i read the end when i was a kid i wasn't very satisfied with the ending and this added like a lot not to spoil it or anything but like it adds a lot from what i remember right yeah yeah like that wasn't in the book so like it it was a more satisfying ending to me uh than the books were even though it wasn't as good as the books for me yeah yeah
2: yeah i mean it definitely doesn't surpass the books at all because i think the thrill of reading the books for the first time is just like the okay. best, like by yeah, right? Yeah, so. very,
3: very difficult series to adapt, though. Similarly, and I think like it is yeah. impressive that they were able to
1: do. I mean, it. it's weird because like I love the Jim Carrey movie. Like I still like I rewatched it recently, and I, I still really like it. Like it's it's not a perfect movie by any means, but like it captures the aesthetic that I imagined in my head so well, and like the entire um like the reptile room in the movie is so cool. Yeah, like, I and also like the oh oh again yeah, the fucking Meryl Streep is the aunt, right uh, and like in the image of like the house like tilting over the cliff like oh my god are you mm-hmm. kidding me like that movie is underappreciated I will die for perhaps that perhaps like, we I, will cover it someday it's a
3: very long <laughs> time I'd have to re-
1: rewatch it Emily Browning though let's go <laughs> um so I mean anything else to say about Narnia I guess like I don't know I feel like we covered a lot I was gonna say I feel like I basically said everything
3: that I know (laughs) about (laughs) Narnia um thank
2: you for indulging me but I'm glad that we have some
3: some fellow Narnia super fans you know
2: (laughs) my only thing is just fuck Edmund like, that's just yeah. my whole thesis for the movie. <laughs> yeah. yeah
1: Fucking thing,
2: all my homies hate Edmund. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was, like, when I was debating what I was going to do for my letterbox review. I had, like, four written out, and it was just, like, this, this, and, then like, three of them were just, like, all my homies hate you, Edmund. It's just, like, <laughs> you're the worst. It's just all of
0: I wrote down um, in a note, I ain't ever seen all siblings make it out of battle. Always one of them gotta be killed and revived. <laughs>
1: that's really good that's really <laughs> good
0: because you know that just happens and everything it's got oh, yeah. a uh, siblings killed they're revived that's and the thomas
2: emotional. all thomas uh, dies and comes back like three times you
3: said?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah
1: yeah um this, this one prepared me for the mcu because a lot of people just r- get resurrected after <laughs> fucking dying and yeah
0: died. yeah big ass battle Great. scene it's, like, interesting how violent this is, too, and I was thinking, I was, like, I feel like a lot of it was the most violent during, like, the crucifixion scene, basically. Yeah. And I was, like, is it just because, like, it's, like, an allegory that they're, like, allowing it to be this violent? Because it's, I like, oh, you, yes. you know what happens in this scene. Like, you're prepared for what happens in this scene. You know about crucifixion, and it's, like, this is also a children's,
2: film, and they're just yeah. like so fucking away. dark, though, and it's upsetting. Yeah, battle I feel yeah.
3: like is really intense too. That moment mm-hmm. when the Griffin gets turned to stone and then like sliced mm-hmm. in half
2: um, mm-hmm.
3: is like crazy. And why all that did, kind
2: of stuff. they like shave Aslan's hair off too? Like that yeah. was the most yeah. upsetting. It's like I get they're gonna kill him, but like, and then
3: she wears his maid. Into yeah, battle. yeah. Like, what yeah. the fuck? It's supposed to be like humiliation.
2: It's all. I mean, I get
3: why they're doing it, but like, it's fucked up. Yeah, it is
2: fucked up. Uh, That scene is very
0: difficult to watch. (laughs) (laughs) One, like, violent scene that like i specifically remember that i'm like wow i'm terrified of that is like when uh the white witch is specifically like going up against peter in battle she takes the two swords and she like puts them like this yes. and is about to like cut it i was like wow that's my biggest fear in life is somebody doing that to me
3: and there's the epic overhead <laughs> shot when he like leans back yes, yes
0: yes yeah i was like wow there's really no getting out of that i never want that to happen to me
3: Cinema. Cinema. <laughs>
2: It's uh it's like honestly, very Count Dooku and Anakin. Yeah. Oh my yeah. god, yeah. <laughs> oh god. I what? It that. is! It, it, oh, if you, want, no, to, if you is. want to talk about religious allegories, Obi-Wan as Jesus. Okay. I, I, I have no idea. No, we're getting
3: nothing. off. I'm derailing this train. <laughs> <laughs> so,
0: yeah, I mean, anything else? That's all I got. Narnia?
1: It fucking well, rolls straight yeah. up. That's Great movie,
0: awesome. Disney Plus. Two and a half hours. Strap in, get into it.
2: Let's go. I will now be watching Caspian and John Treader today or tomorrow just to finish the trilogy.
1: Yes. Yeah. I am. I've never. <laughs> In the past thirteen years since that movie has come out, want to watch Caspian again until I heard Jordan stand for it. So I'm, I'm gonna.
2: <laughs> that I'm final gonna... action sequence rocks. It's, good. it's so good. Like ben Barnes is really yeah. Really, ben Barnes really, oh.
3: really sexy. I mean,
2: like, if we're talking so about crushes,
3: yeah.
1: Oh yeah. Oh Ben Barnes, yes. Like I, yes. he was deeply like when I remember when I saw him because I remember actually kind of a messed up story, but bear with me my dog died the day that it came out and my mom no. like let me skip school and she's like she's like is there anything you want to do Do you want to go see a movie like just take your mind off of it and i was like Narnia is in theaters i want to go see narnia and like, so she let me skip school like with her and we just went to the movie and honestly it was a very nice day because i can like because like, that's a shitty thing to go through in the morning but until like, i go to narnia and like have that escapism actually I do have, like, fond memories of Caspian. But
3: yeah.
1: Yeah, That's but wild. it's a really messed up story. But, yeah, I, I, I like how my first innate reaction was, like, let's go see Nardia.
3: I, I understand <laughs> that. It's a good comfort movie.
0: When you but, said um 13 years since that movie came out, I literally turned into that lady, like, doing math in her head. And I yeah. was like, oh, my God. I was like, there's no way it's been 13 years. It's been, like, three years.
1: No. 11 years since Don Treader, even. So, like, Absolutely. oh, that's fucked but up.
3: Bananas, I don't like it. Yeah. Anyway. I good movie.
1: <laughs> Highly
3: recommend.
0: Absolutely. All right. So, do you guys have anything
3: you want to plug? I mean, we'll just plug our usual podcast stuff. Um, You can mostly find us on Twitter. I'm at Brooklyn Solomon.
2: At Jordan H. Gusk.
3: And we're together at Queer Quadrant. If you want to hear us talk about movies that are not Chronicles of Narnia, um, but that are blockbusters with textual or subtextual queer content, that is where you can find us. And the podcast is on Spotify on Apple. Podcasts wherever you get your podcast just the clear quadrant um so yeah. feel free to give us a listen um there will not be any narnia talk though unless i slip it in which i might <laughs>
0: <laughs> you could find me on twitter at garlic emoji you can follow the podcast at selenial canon on twitter and on instagram um rate and review us we love to read your silly little reviews um, send us some shitty memes we also love you send guys. us more
1: voicemails i miss the voicemails yes I, I, yeah yeah, I like yeah. Voicemails.
0: our um our phone number is on our twitter account and we love when uh voicemails are sent to us about your memories from the movie anything like that so yeah that's something we don't really plug often
1: yeah, I always forget, but I was talking to my friend about it the other day. And I'm like, Oh yeah, we do have a voicemail for the pod, and I yeah. always like smile anytime we get it. Um <laughs> you can follow me on Twitter, Adam underscore not Sandler, my other pod, uh aggressively okay podcast. It is uh going steady. It is pretty uh me and Joe are just fighting every week and that's great. Um and we're doing our weekly WandaVision recaps, if you wanna hop on that. So yeah, check that out. Okay.
0: Thank you so much, guys, for coming on. It was so much fun. And oh, I'm so you. glad you had such deep knowledge of Narnia. Oh, thank you for having us on. a yeah. great time. Special shout
3: out to Jordan for <laughs> indulging me in this particular endeavor.
0: Of course, of course. And uh, it's it, we're really glad that you brought this uh, movie to us, because it is one that like we had in the back of our minds. Yeah. And um, it's just like when it's brought up, it's like, oh, cool yeah we've actually wanted to watch that for a while like so yeah yeah. thank you so much
3: oh yeah thank you guys